Welcome to this latest episode in the Project Edward 2021 podcast. My name's James Luckhurst, and for this programme, we're very pleased to be taking an in-depth look at the Morse Safer Roads initiative that's funded by West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner John Campion. Morse aims to reduce the number of road traffic offences being committed on the roads throughout West Mercia, which is a large area consisting of Herefordshire, Worcestershire, Shropshire and Telford, and in the process, making the roads and communities safer for everyone. But, I hear you say, what's special about this? After all, there are safer roads initiatives happening all over the country all the time. Well, this is different, so rather than trying to explain myself, I've some very capable guests here with me. Namely, John Campion, Police and Crime Commissioner for West Mercia, and Keith Chance, Deputy Chief Officer for Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue. And a little later, we'll be joined by Dave Andrew Arthur, Operations Manager of YSS, a charity working across the West Mercia region, and by two individuals who've been convicted of driving offences but have been referred to Morse, a unique opportunity to hear their perspective. But first, to West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner John Campion. John, explain Morse and how it works. Morse, I think, is a really fascinating uh, approach to solving a, a problem in our community that we, I think, have become a little numb to. Um, we are not taking, I don't think, as a society seriously enough, the, the harm that is caused on our on our roads. And as you alluded to, it's a, a project that I happen to fund, but more importantly, it's a partnership between uh, the local fire service, the police, um, and uh, YSS uh, as a charity. And it is about targeting and working with uh, those individuals who are repeatedly uh, displaying behaviour um, uh, that's causing harm on our roads and trying to break um, that, that cycle. Now, too often in, in life, we, uh, we say, well, this is a service you've got. It either works or it doesn't, it fits or it, do- or, or it doesn't. Uh, but this is tailored support to those individuals, um, understanding what's driving their uh, behaviour, what's causing uh, them to lead to do what they are doing. And ultimately, and most importantly, um, getting to the bottom um, of the things in their lives that, that, that is causing that behaviour. Uh, and so that should then help us reduce the chances of the inevitable, um, uh, that what would have been inevitable before happening, which is uh, them being involved in a serious incident on our road. So breaking the cycle through hard, tailored intervention. And, and where did the inspiration for Moors come from? For me, it, it, it's that uh, in, in our local uh, areas where we see um, complaints around social issues as to whether it be uh, antisocial behaviour or antisocial driving sometimes, you know, people speeding through villages. And the, the instant flick to enforcement will just enforce our way. You know, we've got a speeding problem, so therefore we'll enforce speeding. We've got a, um, you know, a, a, an accident problem in this area, so we'll enforce the speed limit. And, and enforcement does have a role to play, absolutely. Um, but lots of our very serious accidents uh, are not caused by um breaking the law uh, you know they are acting within the uh, they're acting within the uh, speed limit etc they are just driving uh, to a standard that's not that's not good enough so that that away from that hard just well we'll just enforce our way out of this to saying look we need to fix um, what's causing the behavior i want as commissioner 
to spend ever more a proportion of the money I have to spend on keeping people safe on stopping it happening in the first place rather than just spending sometimes uh, millions of pounds uh, responding to very serious incidents uh, on our roads about ensuring that we're preventing and more money spent on preventing rather than continuing to spend the money on sorting it out when the, the most terrible thing has happened. So I suppose what's really important is to get to know about those who are most at risk of offending. So how do you do that? And, and then perhaps you can explain how these people would arrive at the Morse front door. Everyone's different. I love this project because it recognises that. We're all different, uh, you know, in, the, in this conversation and everyone in our community um, is, is, is different too. And um, they Morse have got the expertise um, uh, to ensure uh, that we uh, recognise that, um, it captures the profile of those uh, of those individuals, understanding their background, their personal circumstances, uh, and indeed then tailors the support um, to them. Um, so how it works is people get referred um, to YSS, the uh, the voluntary sector organisation working across our um, footprint, uh, either via West Mercia Police or the Probation Service. Um, they then will get a dedicated link worker. Uh, to work with the uh, the client and the fire services as well uh, to ensure that all those external agencies, including um, substance misuse um, and counselling and other uh, effective and appropriate support, are all engaged. And then it is it's not just a quick fix. It's not just a prescription of this is the solution. It's working um, with the individual um, to, uh, to 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 try and change behaviour because um, I. I know in our society we sometimes want to punish. We, we, if somebody's done something wrong, we, we identify them and, and, they, and they, they should be punished. And there is a place for that in our society, absolutely. But I don't think our responsibility as a society as a whole finishes once that person has been punished, given, um, given whatever the court uh, thinks that they, are, uh, you know, they should get. I think also our responsibility is to support them to enable them to make the right choices in, in the future, to ensure that we break the terrible cycle uh, that is out there. And, and Morse for me does that because it gets under the skin of what's causing uh, that, that behaviour, but tailored to, the, tailored to the individual. I think the idea of making the right choices is key, isn't it? But as you've said, it's on a very much on an individual basis because we're all motivated by different things. We all have pet hates. We all have different styles and we all have different perceptions of what's safe and what's not safe. So um, I suppose the requirement for a, to avoid the one size fits all is, is vital. We are all individuals. And I also have to say uh, it's not a perfect system. We can't eradicate people making bad choices, can we? And in a flash of a moment, people can make the wrong choices. But but if we've done everything humanly possible beforehand to equip people to, to make the right choice more often, then we're going to reduce the chances, um, aren't we? And I, I particularly like the fact that academia shows that there are a series of, of events before um, a, a very bad uh, you know, incident that involves uh, somebody being killed or seriously injured. There are a series of events all the way through from poor driver behaviour, say crossing double white lines, all those kind of things. It's those series of escalating events that we've got to intervene at to ensure that, that what then is inevitable becomes not inevitable. We reduce the chances of it actually happening through intervention. 
I'm not sure how long Morse has been running, but is there evidence that it works? Um, and if so, um, whose evidence is that? Uh, 19 is, uh, I think, when uh, we got we got going. Uh, just over 200 people uh, helped since the initiative uh, launched. Um, I've heard from service users directly uh, around um, what they've said, and, it, and it's pretty powerful because these are people making poor choices. They're not people setting out with intent to do um, terrible things. And the remorse afterwards is often very, very significant. And um, I in no way decry the impact on the families of those victims, in no way at all, unimaginable. But but there is also uh, an impact on those that have done it. And there are no, in in the system of of the perpetrator and the victims, there's nobody gets away from this scot-free. And so therefore breaking that cycle is really, uh, really uh, important. Um, I uh, we're early on in terms of uh, testing some of the academia from our project, and we've had uh, we've had COVID obviously uh, in the middle of that, that 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 hasn't helped. But I'm keen as commissioner to ensure that um, it shouldn't be unusual things like most perpetrator programs, whether it be in domestic abuse, whether it be in in safety on our roads, um, whether it be in you know prolific shoplifting, whatever it is in our society. We've got to um, we've got to focus more on on the alternative, the prevention being a realistic alternative. So my mission as commissioner is to support the system, uh, and it is predominantly by the voluntary sector, um, to increase their offer um, in uh, perpetrator-led programs to make sure that we've got all the right levels, low level, medium level, and high level to reduce those chances of the inevitable happening. John Campion and West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner, thank you very much. Now, a key partner in Morse is Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue, whose Deputy Chief Officer Keith Chance is here with us. Um, Keith, thank you for coming. The Morse programme for service users uh, is devised and delivered by Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service staff. So talk through some of the techniques and tools and interventions that you use. Yes, of course, and, and thank you for inviting me to be here today. I think the first thing to say is that um, we were, as John said earlier on, we were very keen to get involved with this. Over the last probably 15 to 20 years, the fire service has been very successful at reducing the number of uh, deaths and injuries from fire. And we were keen to bring that expertise and knowledge to the the road uh, traffic collision arena. We now see more seriously injured and deaths on our roads than we ever do from fires in domestic properties. So it's very much an area we're keen to get involved with. One of the techniques we use is, is very much what we've used with our health and safety as well. And there's proven research that shows that every unsafe act that we can identify, there is a corresponding number of near hits, there's a corresponding number of severe injuries, and there's a corresponding number of fatalities. So the key is getting in early and, and helping to educate people so that they don't commit those unsafe acts. So when they come to us through the Morse projects, uh, they're, they're given a dedicated worker from the fire service who stays with them and gives them one-to-one input over a period of around about six weeks. And each session is tailored to to the individual. So whilst we've got a framework for the sessions, it is tailored to the individual because everybody's got different needs. And we, we focus very much on what would make them a better driver, depending on what offence they've, uh, they've committed. And we look at influences, some of the influences that influence that bad driving. So, for example, alcohol or drugs or speeding, 
even simple things like using mobile phones or being too stressed to concentrate. So we use various techniques and tools around all of those influences to ensure that we've tailored the, the approach to the individual. Uh, tell me about the people then from the fire and rescue who, who will do that. Are, do they volunteer for that role? Um, what skills do they need for that in, in order to make that, that sort of intervention effective then? Again, in partnership, John very kindly uh, supported us with some funding for us to be able to employ two dedicated members of staff for this. One is a is an operational watch commander. And again, that's very useful because that person has seen the end result of, of some of these, you know, being to the fatal accidents and ha- had to deal with those and brings that knowledge and experience. And the other person we've employed is a dedicated technician and they go through some rigorous training with the YSS to prepare them to deliver this. Uh, and the, uh, as I said, they tailor their, their responses, but bring with them those that professional knowledge and experience that they've seen through their years with the fire service. Uh, let's just talk through perhaps an example of then of how Morse has made a difference. One of the things, is obviously, it's an individual case and, and we uh, keep the individual's confidentiality so that uh, everybody can come to us and trust the fire service that, that it won't get um, moved on. So. Some of the areas that John talked about earlier on, and I'll pull together some statistics really to talk about how the, the program has affected not just individuals, but groups of individuals. So roughly per year, we have 50 to 70 people access the fire service uh, services, and 91% of those go on to complete the program. And of those, 93% left the service saying that they'd had a positive outcome, a positive interaction with the service. And 71% said they were less likely to commit another offence. So that's a big impact. You know, that's one person per week we're affecting. And if I go back to what I said about if we can deal with the uh, the unsafe act to start with, that's quite an intervention straight away that goes a long way to, to preventing the, the deaths and seriously injured on our roads. But linked to that as well, service users, and, and there has been some um, surveys to show that service users have changed their behaviour in other areas. So indications are that there's reduced drug and alcohol intake, uh, there's reduced speeding, and areas like that that are byproducts of this, this project. Now you have this joined up approach. So what value does that bring? And how do you ensure that all the partners are pulling their weight as they should? I think the key thing is, yes, this is absolutely beneficial, but it's not easy. We're attempting to change behaviour here and um, we are committed, as are the other partners, to this. And it takes a lot of commitment, as I said earlier on. Thankfully, John was able to support us with funding, which we're very grateful for, which has meant that we can commit a dedicated resource to this. And linked in with YSS and our our colleagues from West Mercia Police and John's office, we've been able to put this dedicated programme together. Uh, I should mention as well that Shropshire Fire Service are involved with this as well because they are the the other partner within West Mercia. What we're now seeing is the development of this programme as well. Going forward, we're starting to see how it can link into our our other road safety issues uh, and road safety campaigns, which means that uh, any partners that do come on board later on will show that same dedication because it's not something you can dip in and out of. It's something you have to commit to for the good of the communities, but also for the good of the people that use this service. Keith Chance, thank you very much. And Keith and John Campion, please stay put because we'll come back to you a little bit later uh, in this podcast episode. At this point, I'd like to introduce Dave Andrew Arthur from YSS and Simon Rudge, who's the Morse lead within the prevention department at Hereford and Worcester Fire. Let's start with you, um, Dave Andrewartha. What's the role of YSS in the Morse Initiative and what expertise and experience does YSS bring to the table? 
So we are a charity and we deliver services across Telford, Shropshire, Herefordshire and Worcestershire and have been so for the past 30 years. Uh, we enable people who face significant life challenges to feel safe and have the opportunity to thrive and Im- embed themselves back into society. Our role within Morse really is to v- develop relationships with the individuals, create a support plan centred around the individual's need and get to the root cause of why the individual is displaying risky behaviours on the road. That could be due to drug or alcohol addictions, could be a family breakdown, someone's just lost their employment, they're homeless or at risk of becoming homeless, or they're facing um, significant debt issues. How do you avoid overwhelming a service user? Because there's this kind of tidal wave of goodwill from all the partners, but it just might swamp them. Yeah, so firstly, it's voluntary. It's a level of, you know, their engagement's is down to them and we we go at their pace when we introduce fire service colleagues into that intervention it's when the service users ready not when we think the program's ready so we very much follow their their pace and, and their journey because everyone's different and everyone wants to achieve different things from the program depending on what stage they are in their in their life journey can i turn to simon rudge then simon how would you identify a successful referral Ultimately, yeah, there's several pathways, um, but um, generally at the start of each intervention, what we look for is um, what we class as we do an impact star rating with the uh, service user themselves. So from a fire service perspective, what we'll do is um, we'll do a rating. It's based on one to 10 on sort of the severity of or what they would class themselves maybe being sort of a rut at the at the start, really. So that impact rating starts from there. Um, and then as we progress through the um, course, We'll maybe do that midway uh, and then eventually towards the end of the program as well with regards to their learning outcomes. So the impact star rating itself is one method. What we also have as well is we are we class them as impact numbers. So um, the actual course itself or the program itself has been externally verified. And from there, what we have is um, several percentages or several impact numbers of regards to how we class um, it being successful. So just to give you an example, uh, 91% of the personnel or service users that went through the program uh, completed the intervention itself. Uh, and out of that percentage as well, we also had a 93% that left the service reporting that they'd had a positive outcome within that. Uh, and like I suppose that alludes really to a, another way, which is um, case studies itself. So again, at the start of the programme, we'll uh, sort of have a conversation with each service user as to what they want to actually get out of this. And then from there, at the end of it, we'll also sort of interview them again to basically see what they've got out of it. And as part of that um, interview, we, we sort of try and get some feedback, engage some feedback one basically saying uh, they didn't realise how how much more would help them, uh, and also the way that um, their moods were were affecting the way they drive. Um, so basically, they've come out of it feeling much more positive and in control of their life, uh, and they're now hopefully sort of getting back on track with their work uh, and family as well. Dave, let's just talk specifically about drugs and alcohol. How big a part have you found that they have played? In Morse. Roundabout in terms of offences committed, road traffic offences being committed across West Mercy, around 96% is around someone that's over the drug or drink drive limit. You know, it's a huge part of the work that, that we do, and we work in partnership with drug and alcohol providers across the whole of the area to ensure that we are working safely and that person is getting the right support, advice, and, and guidance from us. 
the other thing that we've developed um, towards the end of last year was um, drug and alcohol e-learning modules, which we kind of share with people, which kind of gives the legality of the impact you're being over the limit can have on your driving ability and then the potential consequences that can be faced because I think there's a lot of information out there around alcohol and people generally know how much alcohol you can drink before you're over the limit the advice is you don't drink at all but some people do push the limits but around drug driving there's not much advice and guidance out there about you know when you smoke a, a joint of cannabis how long that stays in your system for Simon Rudge, you can't hold someone's hand indefinitely. So how do you ensure the lowest possible levels of, of re-offending? Certainly from our perspective, I think it goes back to um, the, the start really for, of our programme. So um, we're very much a non-judgmental programme. And ultimately, as Dave said from the start, really, uh, they have to refer themselves onto it. There's no legalities behind it. So ultimately, we, we can only travel at that, their pace with regards to um, if they want to pursue the course and if they want to continue through it. Um, sometimes we may find that we've got certain individuals, certain service users that feel it's a little bit too soon for them. If that's the case, then we refer them back to the casework within YSS so they can have a little bit more help and structure before we proceed with the actual driving course or the behavioural change course, sorry, for, for, for the prevention. Currently, we've got people that have had up to 12, 20 sessions, so 21-hour sessions, you know, in a sort of continue with, with us. Ultimately, as you said, there will get to a point where ultimately we can't hold their hand forever. Um, but I think we've, if if between ourselves as a fire service and YSS specifically feel that they're at a place where they're no longer going to commit an offence or, you know, are in a good place to progress their life forwards, then ultimately uh, that's as much as we can obviously do from our perspective. Well, I was just going to ask, Dave, but you probably get the sense that somebody is ready to reintegrate and that their reoffending chances are much lower because of your experience. You can sense that in somebody who finishes the programme. Yeah, absolutely. Just by, by just feedback and their levels of, of motivation to, to engage. But we kind of start the exit it sounds strange at the initial appointment because we put together that support plan and we say this is going to be X amount of sessions. So people know at the start how long they're going to be working with us. Now, things change along the way, of course, so we have to kind of review it. But people know quite clearly at the start, this is what they're going to work on. This is what their support plan is. And this is how long we're anticipating it's going to take because our hope at the end is that if that individual faces similar barriers in the future and they haven't got YSS or fire service support, they have the confidence and the resilience to be able to deal with it in a more appropriate way, as opposed to taking risks um, on the road. And I think initial feedback that we've had through the programme is that people are very positive around their motivation to, to not re-offend specifically in, in terms of driving offences because we do have on the programme as well repeat driving offenders but people that have committed other offences in their lives as well so it's part of a, a bigger picture really. Well look, thank you so much Dave, Andrew Arthur and Simon Rudge. We're now going to hear the experiences of two service users, individuals who've been through the Morse experience. We'll refer to them only as user A and user B. User A joined us by telephone, while user B provided written accounts of her experience, which is spoken here by an actor. I was originally arrested, then also managed to lose my driving licence, which put me to Pip, who was the lady running the driving awareness course, which I 
took as part of my rehabilitation days. Well, I was referred to Morse via Operation Snap. In other words, someone sent in some video of my driving. Well, I'm 25 and I've been drinking heavily since I was 17. Pip was my horse leader, or whatever you call it, um, and she was amazing. She's was one of the first people really in the whole judicial system that I went through that was very happy to have open and both-sided conversations. Really. It really did not feel like I was speaking to someone who worked for the police, rather just someone who was interested in working out why and what got me to where I was. Uh, there was always a bit of conflict in my mind about how the laws worked and how they were enforced. And she was one of the first people throughout the whole system that was willing to engage in those conversations, like adults, really, and be able to have interesting conversations that actually got more productive answers. I, I have difficult relationships with my family. I dropped out of college before finishing my studies. Uh, I was convicted of drink driving. and People felt I was likely to continue down a self-destructive path without the right help. Well, my, my link worker has been working with me to address the main issues, including my drinking and relationships. I'm not in a position where I'm, I'm going to be able to afford to drive for a couple of years as a 19-year-old, just because a drugs charge and a driving ban makes your insurance incredibly expensive. However, I'm definitely in a position where I can use the roads in a way that I feel is safe and aligns with the laws and whether they're right or wrong. Um, yeah, it's the world we're living in, and it's a... There's no point in trying to fight it. The fire service has been looking at my driving behaviour and helping me to identify the triggers that cause me to risk drink driving. I'm more in control of my drinking now. I've joined a gym and I'm back at college. More than anything, I think Morse has helped me to realise that how I feel affects the way I drive. I'm more positive and in control of my life now and I've cut right back on my drinking. The reflections of two individuals who've been through the Morse experience. Well, as we come to the end of this edition, I'm pleased we still have John Campion and Keith Chance with us because we'd like to offer you each the opportunity to make a road safety wish. Or put it another way, if you were roads minister for the day, what one thing would you do that you think would make a difference to road safety in the UK? Introduce something, abolish something. John Campion first. Mine would be, and I don't know how to do it, so it's definitely on the wish side, um, but it's about making sure uh, that the partners are required to work together um, effectively. Now, there's lots of things called, uh, you know, obligations, uh, statute duties to, 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 to work together, have due regard and all those kind of things. I'm not sure that, but as my parsnips in this, uh, in this particular case. So um, what I would say in layman's language is um, my wish would be um, that, that all the partners that are involved that affect road safety through from local authorities all the way through to drug and alcohol services and mental health services um, have a duty to coalesce their activity around reducing the uh, number of people killed or seriously injured on our, on our roads. And Keith Chance, what's your wish or your plan if you were road safety minister for the day? From a from an operational perspective, I don't know one firefighter that would ever say they enjoy going to road traffic collisions. So absolutely, we have to stop that for the effect on the communities and, and on the people that go and attend those incidents. I think when you look at how we've dealt with fire over the last few decades, the emphasis moving towards the prevention and protection rather than the response. The response is always going to need to be there but it should be the last resort. 
if we can get that prevention and protection right, and as John said, with all the partners coming together, that would be my one wish, really, that we come together in that joint approach and make sure prevention is front and centre of the agenda, rather than people just seeing it, as John mentioned earlier on, rather than people just seeing it as, oh, there's another road death today. We need to bring that front and centre to make sure people are aware of it and the effect it has on the families and the communities. Oh, many thanks to uh, Keith Chance and to John Campion. My guests today, John, Police and Crime Commissioner for West Mercia and Keith, Deputy Chief Officer for Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue. Well, if you found this episode of the Project Edward podcast to be of interest, please, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back in a fortnight, so watch out for the next episode. And if you have any comment on what you've heard today, please do join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag Project Edward. You can keep up to date with our road safety activity at projectedward.org. The producer was Peter Baker. I'm James Luckhurst. Thanks for listening.